Welcome to Whiskey and Wonder. All right. Did Hello. it work? Hello. I did. It worked. Hi. Welcome into Whiskey. I don't know why I said hi there. Welcome to Whiskey <laughs> and Wonder. That wasn't like the awkward intro to like a first date or something. <laughs> oh, hi. Welcome to Whiskey and Wonder. Uh, I'm Megan. I'm Tyler. And we are Whiskey and Wonder. Yes. Yes, we are. Every um, day or every day. <laughs> every Sunday. At every least. Sunday. Every week we get together and we review uh, whiskey and teach the other something that has made us wonder. Absolutely. We've, I've learned a lot from doing this for the past. We're on episode 70. So over That's a year. Over now. a year. A year yeah, and a year, half. Yeah. Year and a half. So Nice. If you're new and joining us, go go check out some old episodes. You might learn something if you're careful. <laughs> uh, so we'll just dive right into the announcements after that. Um, uh, check us out. Check out whiskeyandwonder.com. We have a store there. We've got tumblers, whiskey tumblers with our logos on them. If you wanted to purchase one of those, mm-hmm. um, you can do that there. Uh, we are officially out of stickers, so... Don't have any more for the time being. Um, we'll eventually we'll have them back here before too long, hopefully. So, yep. Um, for our Patreon patrons, uh, Megan's blog is out there. I think you just, uh, matter of fact, I know, I don't think uh, I just set it up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one that set it up, so I should know and not think. Um, the $5 tier will get you to where you can uh, read Megan's uh, Mediocre Musings, which is her blog. She writes about whatever. Random shit. Who knows? Um, So I don't know. I don't know what. I never know what's going on with that. That is Megan's corner. Yep. um, We tossed this idea out last week on the podcast, and I think we're going to run with it. We are going to do infinity bottles. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to probably do one. We're definitely going to do one for bourbon. Definitely do one for scotch. Um, And I don't know if we've done enough of anything else to warrant it at the moment. But the way we're going to do that is we will put a poll up on Patreon. And that will let you... The listeners, our patrons on Patreon, vote on whether or not the whiskey in that episode goes in into the infinity bottle. And yeah, so that mm-hmm. should, that'll be on the, I haven't put it on there yet, but that'll be on the lowest tier subscription as well. Um, we're always thinking of new ideas. We can get people involved and get, get creative with that sort of thing. So we want you guys to, you know, be a part of this with us. So for sure. Um, as always, you know, check us out on YouTube, you know, go there, like subscribe and do all that stuff. Like what just popped up on the screen there. I like my little new button. Um, and you always check us out. Oops. I'm in the wrong, wrong program. Now check us out uh, on our socials. You can find most of those in the, um, show notes, show notes down below. Uh, even on YouTube, we'll have all the stuff, even though they just flashed on the screen. The main ones, uh, check us out at whiskeyandwonder.com. You can see all the whiskeys we've previously done, what we rated them, what episode they were in, 
you can see what we want to try, what we, you know, what people have suggested for us, what we personally want to try. You can learn a little bit about whiskey. There's all sorts of stuff there. Learn about us more than you know. Um, definitely check us out on YouTube. We're trying to uh, get that custom youtube.com slash whiskey and wonder, but we need a hundred subscribers for that. So go check us out at YouTube, subscribe. That would help us out so much. Leave a mm-hmm. review and a like and all that good stuff. Uh, just search whiskey and wonder right for the time being. Um, if you want to subscribe to our Patreon, it's patreon.com slash whiskey and wonder. Like I mentioned earlier, you'll get those benefits. Um, and if you want to email us for mail time, contact at whiskey and and we've got our Instagram is at Whiskey Podcast, which flashed up on the screen on YouTube. Everything else, I'll let you guys figure out. That That's getting to be a mouthful again. So It is. We need to we'll, narrow we'll, that down somehow. Yeah, we'll figure that out. But um, to those folks that are uh, supporting us, you know, we appreciate it. It's, it's that lovely time of the year where, uh, oh, there you go on YouTube, our little... Instagrams, our personal Instagrams popped up. Um, it's tax time. So, you know, everything that you do to support us uh, being a business, we do have filings to do. So it helps us do that. It helps yes. us buy whiskey, helps us, you know, increase the production value of the videos and, and produce, you know, buy the infinity bottles and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So we couldn't do it without you guys. We Not really at appreciate all. Thank it. you. Thank you so much. Yep. You are chef kiss chef's kiss that that's that's (laughs) That's one to go on the list um tyler likes his new toy i i we're trying to get some extra sound effects we got a couple this week uh we've got a list of some more we've we've been brainstorming yep yep so on that note megan well never mind i'll do it um so we'll just go ahead and jump into the whiskey we're doing this week Open segment. All right. So this is an allocated bottle of whiskey, which I just learned about uh, via Tyler. This is apparently a whiskey that is only released in like. Uh, no. Yeah, you, it's, you, help. It's just an allocated <laughs> bottle of whiskey. There's only a certain amount that hit the market. Um, in yeah, our, our area, means. it's particularly hard to find it. I'll, I'll go ahead and spoil it. It is from the Buffalo trace distillery family. Um, and there, some of their stuff is hard to get, um, especially around here. So we're excited to, uh, excited to have this. And I want to give a shout out to, uh, <laughs> I know we have friend, friend John, who's been on the podcast, but John's a common name and we've got a different friend, John, who was nice enough to find this, and purchase this for us. Thank so. you, friend John the John yes. the uh, second. That's so weird because <laughs> the other John is the fourth <laughs> and the third or the the fourth and the fifth. So that's just yeah. John's. We're just gonna call him Johnny T. Johnny T. Friend have, Johnny T. Yeah, Johnny T. Have a have a round of applause. Thank you, sir. Well, like Tyler said, this is a allocated whiskey from uh, Buffalo Trace. This is the Weller Antique 107. 
Uh, this is this claims to be the first ever weeded bourbon, the original weeded bourbon. Um, so W.L. Weller is a weeded bourbon originally created by the Sitzel Weller C- Distilling Company. The brand is named after William LaRue Weller, a distiller who is credited by some as being the first to use wheat as the secondary grain in a straight bourbon, as opposed to the more commonly used rye. Notably, William LaRue Weller hired the famous Julian Van Winkle, who would later become known as Pappy Van Winkle. He began his career working for Weller. Weller passed in 1899, and coincidentally, his company, W.L. Weller and Sons, later merged with the A.P.H. Stitzel Distillery, which was owned by his former employee, Pappy Van Winkle. The companies worked together through prohibition, operating under a medicinal license, and eventually became the Stitzel Weller Distilling Company in 1935. Weller Antique 107, sometimes just referred to as Old Weller Antique, or even simply abbreviated as OWA, is one of the three bottles uh, that get um, released in only that that special allocated way, certain number way. Uh, We've done Buffalo Trace on here before, I believe. Uh, We've done actual buffalo trace but yes. the distillery has so many they have about 50 bazillion yeah uh this is a kentucky straight bourbon whiskey um and that is all i have to say about that okay so you mentioned uh the pappy van winkle mm-hmm. that is a very if you can find the pappy 20 that is the bottle retail sales for um I think it's in the two to three hundred dollar range, but currently on the second hand market is selling for like two to three grand. Oh, oh, yeah. It's maybe more if it's the twenty, I don't remember. But um uh just to give everybody uh reference on this Weller, currently on second hand markets it's selling for about one twenty a bottle. We were able to get this for very close to retail uh through John. Um, he happened to find it at a local, uh, well, actually he won it in a contest somehow, some kind of contest I'm not entirely sure on. Um, <laughs> I don't know what Megan is doing <laughs> I, over there. <laughs> I hope you guys got to see that on YouTube. Um, anyway, John got us this for basically retail price, which should be in about the, uh, I think $25 to $35 range, if memory serves. I'll have to double check that. But Megan, you want to fill us in on what you were doing over there? <laughs> so I was smelling the whiskey. Um, right before we started recording, for some reason, I decided to put hand cream on because my hands were dry. Um, and I realized as I was smelling the whiskey that that was really fucking up what I was smelling because I could smell the hand cream. So I first like wrapped my hand up in my sweater and like brought the whiskey up to my gla- up to my nose and I feel like that cut the smell out completely. Um, but then to double check, I put the glass on the table and then like bent my head over like one of those like auto dipping ducks, those little dust toys, <laughs> to smell it without um, any type of uh, uh, interference. Yeah, so. Um, despite my hand cream, I am getting some flowery notes for this. I'm getting like rose, specifically rose. 
Okay. I I couldn't pinpoint what I was smelling, but it smelled familiar. And I'm notice I said smelled, not smelt. You're I'm, learning. I'm learning. Um I couldn't pinpoint it exactly, but it I I get a little I definitely get floral. Now that you've said floral, that's the overwhelming smell. I do get a sweet vanilla, uh, like a creamy vanilla, and also I get um, some cherry. Um, I'm getting an overwhelming amount of floral, uh, definitely bouquet-like. Um, I'm getting a little bit of the creamy vanilla you said, Um not getting any cherry or any fruit, however. Okay. Maybe now that I've smelt it, I'm sorry, now that I've smelled it, <laughs> I get a little bit of caramel. I Maybe I'm mixing up the, the floral and the fruit. I'm not sure because originally I thought that smell was, was fruity, um, but when you said floral, that is what I, I, I was like, yes, that's it. That's a better way to describe it. All right. Well, uh, according to Buffalo Trace's website, it is supposed to be. Uh, that's not the right thing I'm looking at. Okay. According to this, uh, aromas of lush dark fruit, uh-huh. vanilla, uh-huh. caramel, uh-huh. and seasoned oak, um, cinnamon. Bark, spice, and black licorice. Black licorice is... I don't get any of the last three, but... I I definitely don't get black licorice, and I am so glad I don't get black licorice because I couldn't do it. (laughs) All right, well, I'm about to dive right on in. So I want to take a chance to uh, mention... You know what we did? We played the open segment and went right into the damn, <laughs> right into the whiskey. Ah, we didn't even do the open segment. Wait, what? I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I, I was thinking about, I was going to say last week during the open segment, I talked about getting to try all these whiskeys. This was there, but I did not try it. So we're going to go out of order today, folks. All right. If you and, guys are longtime listeners, yes. you get a... This is a surprise roller coaster yep, ride. We, we're we we have new uh, new new toys. Uh, I don't even want to say toys. We just have a new process behind the scenes, and uh, yeah, just got us off our game. So anyway, I see well, Megan's tasted. So yeah, I mean we're we're doing the whiskey first. <laughs> um, very interesting spice. Um, it, it's. Almost like a biting, um, like a biting spice. I don't really know how. It's like a wavelength. Yeah. It like, it hits you, then it goes away, then it comes back and hits you again, then it goes away, then it comes back and hits you again. And each time it's it's got a different flavor driving it. It's very, very interesting. It's a very cool effect or experience. Um, I like it. It's like a wave. Um, I like that. And it, it comes, it comes and goes, it and it's hit, different every it, time. Yeah, it hit very strong on the tongue, very peppery. Mm-hmm. And then as it passed and it, it went out, um, 
I got sweet, that vanilla, the creamy vanilla. Then it, the peppery came back in. I got a little bit of oak with it this time. Yeah. Excuse me. And then it lingered. It's still lingering. I took the one sip. Uh, it's still lingering in the back, like in the bottom of my throat. But I need to take another sip to 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 gather some more thoughts. Now, I do want to say this is uh, 107 proof. It is in the name Antique 107. So you're going to have a little burn. So I expect this one will be less less of a burn since I tend to like the 100 over 100 to 110 range. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely not an overwhelming, like uncomfortable burn. Um, as someone who likes the lower burns, this is this is one that I, from the two sips I've taken, I do enjoy. Um, On as, the back of the tongue, right before it gets that to that lingering burn, lingering burn, that's where I get the dark fruit, the cherry that I was getting. That's where that comes in. Maybe yep. even it's dry. And it, it might even be a hint of, uh, maybe I would say I get a hint of like coffee or cocoa okay. on the back of my tongue after okay. the fruit dissipates. Um, Yeah, as you were talking, I did that. And I agree that back of the tongue, um, that is where more of a dark flavor comes in, uh, like a, a cherry uh, cordial Um I would say it's probably a pretty good way to describe it. I I get it's. I don't want to. I don't even want to say like a cherry cordial. It's like you know when you eat a piece of dark chocolate, how it's bitter. Yeah. It's like that. It's like a bitter, dark chocolate flavor. Okay. That's what I'm. I'm getting. Okay, I'm getting. I'm not quite getting bitter as much as dry. Um. And they're different. That's those are two different flavors to me. I'm getting it's more of a bitter, or no, you get it's that. more dry. I'm getting it's more of a dry than a bitter, in uh, my I, opinion. I'm getting both. Hmm. It's it, like the liquid. The liquid is dry. That's not, that's knocked me more on. <laughs> um, the flavor is bitter, but. It is it is a dry bitter. It's not there's no sweetness in it. I guess that's what I mean by that. Like okay. it is like dark chocolate. It is not sweet. So, okay. Um what are we supposed to taste? Well, we are supposed to be tasting sweet and unusual floral notes coupled with vanilla. Um very well-balanced, sweet fruit notes, strong vanilla undertone, sharp spicy tones, and a cinnamon finish. Uh, this website says cinnamon, um, cherries, dark fruits, sugar, oak. Um, I know, I don't agree uh, with that nearly as much as uh, what we've... Um, personally described and i i really like the the wave the wave is sticking around it's every sip i take it's still a wave of flavors that like ebb off and then come back which is very it's a very unique very cool sensation in my opinion i agree with that um i just noticed something that's happening on here on the programming uh, it's not it's not a huge deal but i did change something to 
Uh, I'm I'm trying something on the fly here. So we're okay. flying by the seat of our pants. So we'll oh, see no. how this goes. I hope you didn't ruin it. Um, no, I don't think so. We'll we'll see what this next drop does. Um, okay. But since we screwed up and played the wrong drop earlier, we're going to play the wrong drop now. Opening the bottle. I think this is the drop you played earlier. I feel like you went into opening the bottle. I feel like you skipped the open segment. Did I? I... Uh, We'll figure it out one day. Uh, <laughs> um, that didn't change anything. So, All interesting. Right. Well, All right. All right, then. Hmm. Um, well. Talk about talk about your week, Megan, while I try to sort this um, out. So, I'm going to go ahead and start off on a sad note and get the sad stuff out of the way. Um, I did hit opening the bottle. Sorry. I thought so. Okay. Uh, Daenerys is has been having a few bad days this week. Um, there's still a lot of good days, a lot of good moments, but um, some noticeably bad, uh, bad moments, bad days, which is heartbreaking and um, incredibly upsetting and hard to deal with. Um, and that's uh, occupied a lot of my mental uh space and capacity this week so um definitely haven't been all there for really anything work the podcast social life um just a lot of focus on the kitty so i apologize for that for everyone uh in my life um but a little uh worried i don't know how much time we have left so um, let's go ahead and get just that bad shit out of the way. And, uh, as far as good shit in the week, um, well, I don't have any good shit to go. Yeah. Tyler? Well, <laughs> well, damn. Um, <laughs> sorry to, uh, sorry to hear about your cat. Uh, not as, you know, just, just sorry to hear about that. Um, yeah. It is what it is. Um, sorry, I am trying to do something behind the scenes here. That's all right. Um, I'll keep talking since this is open segment. Um, not personally about my week, but um, about the uh, teenager, the 14-year-old kid who uh, ended up passing away on a thrill ride in uh, Florida. Um, Damn, I thought this was going to get happier. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Sorry, sad, sad thoughts all around. Um, all right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna change the subject then. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll get back to this eventually. Um, Sorry. Yeah, it's it's been a heck of a week. My aunt, uh, and this is not necessarily sad news, but I went to my aunt had to have surgery this week, so we spent yesterday driving. Three hours to go see her in the hospital. Yeah, she had uh, so a long time ago, uh, several years ago, they found a tumor in her jaw, Oof. and um, they went in and took it out and put like a plate in her jaw. Um, and years later, that plate has it's it's failing. Something broke. Something happened. So she had to have surgery where they replaced that and. Somehow they took bone from her leg and I, I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. And they but, like p- 
put bone in her leg in her jaw yeah, and like put and it together. I don't I don't know amazing, and I'm squeamish like it was the amazing whole, science stuff. Yeah, sure. We went like it is, but I don't want to be involved with it. Um, <laughs> I'm squeamish. I don't like stuff like that. So I Shelby and I went up there to visit her yesterday and she was still really out of it. The surgery was on Friday, so naturally to be expected. But sounds like she's doing good. Um, good. I'm glad she's doing good. Yep. There. Uh, I'll. I'll be honest. I was very nauseous the whole time I was in there because they had to like cut her entire jaw. Like it, obviously on the podcast, you're not going to see that. But if you're on YouTube, you can like you know that sign everybody does when they like, like they're I'm going like, to kill you. Like they're going to they cut somebody's their, jugular. Yeah. They draw your finger across your throat. Yeah. They kind of did that incision like. Ooh. Under her jaw, it just it, and you could see it, it you, wasn't you bandaged. You could see like the stitches, like it looked oh. like the Joker, or maybe not the Joker, but like uh, you ever seen that rapper called Stitches? A rapper, yeah, a rapper no. called Stitches. Yeah, he's got tattoos like the Joker of like stitches coming up the side of his mouth, anyway. Um, yeah, so it, it was hard to sit there and see, but it was good to see her, good to see she's doing well. and you know, that sort of thing. Um, as far as the rest of the week, I it's been very boring. Um, I'm trying to think of what I did. I didn't <laughs> I didn't do anything. I just went to work and came home. You made uh, a delicious meal tonight. Uh yeah, I made bulgogi for the first time. Um it came out decent. Shelby and I tried to uh tried to meal prep for the week. Um we played a perfect game in trivia on Thursday. Perfect. Yeah, I don't want. I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I think Shelby and most of the other people that were there will one hundred percent admit that I carried a heavy load in that game. <laughs> it was it, and like I said, I'm not trying to toot my own horn. It just happened to line up that I knew ninety five percent. I mean, there might have been like two questions I didn't know the entire night. Wow. Um. So, yeah, I got that going for me. Nice. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess other than that, it's been a pretty pretty dull week. So so you're not the type of guy who would, like, go on YouTube and watch the surgery they're going to have before they Fuck get it? no. No. Uh, I, no. I cannot. No. So. I, I will vomit. <laughs> My uh, boss who listens to this podcast, if you're listening, hi, you know who you are. I'm not going to say your name. Um, but my boss is the type of person who will watch uh, the surgery before they get it, and he is going to have to get his knee replaced. Um, and so he went and he watched the knee replacement surgery on YouTube and has proceeded to, in Not- depth, dis- explain it to me and some other coworkers, and it sounds terrifying. So Well, uh Friend Megan's boss, I hope <laughs> that your surgery goes well. I hope so too. Please never tell me about it. Oh, I will, oh. I will vomit on you. I want, but do you don't want to know what they do with the kneecap? Nope. No. Nope. Oh, well. Nope. <laughs> nope. Well, uh, sorry. I don't. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. No. I know several people. I have several friends that will watch their surgeries before they get them and stuff. My mother is like that. She will. She loves that medical TV and all that sort of shit. And I just, I'm, 
It is not for me. What about gore and like a movie? Like, can't do it? I don't like horror movies. I don't like, I don't, the range, like my limit on like scary movies is suspenseful movies. Okay. Like Shutter Island is like about where I want to draw the line. Okay. I don't like surprises. I don't like jump scares. I don't like that. Okay, that's fair. I I remember reading a piece of trivia one time, which is why we have this segment, Trivia with Tyler, because I read that sort of shit, (laughs) which is why I got a perfect game in trivia. Um, um, That, like, uh, I remember reading that nine out of every ten people enjoy... There's some sort of chemical release in our brain when we have, uh, like when you watch a horror movie where you're, you're, where you get scared, you get scared, but you know that you're safe. Yeah. It's why you our know? horror, uh, horror houses, <laughs> haunted houses, haunted houses yeah. are so popular. Yeah. We enjoy that feeling like we're in danger, but not actually, not being, actually in danger. being in danger. Nine out of 10 people are like that. You're the one out of 10. I'm that's the like, one F person that. that's like, fuck that feeling. I hate it. All right. So, yeah, I'm, I, I don't really like horror movies because of that. I mean, you, you watch, well, obviously, this isn't a horror, but you watched Game of Thrones, and there's a shit ton of blood and stuff in that. How'd you handle? Blood doesn't bother me. It's like going inside the human body. Okay. That bothers me. Like, I don't mind seeing the stuff that comes. Oh, uh, that's not true either. I don't, I don't like. Shelby watches Dr. Pimple Popper, and I can't. <laughs> Wait, I think I did that almost almost exactly the same there. Um, yeah, no, I... You want to know the weirdest part of it all? What? Is like... I don't know. Let's say, let's say for whatever reason, you're sitting over there, and you pull your fingernail off. You've oh. got something going on and you pull your finger. Huh. That's the noise I would make watching it. Huh. I have also pulled my own fingernail off. Like, I can do it to myself. You can't see it. But I don't want to see it on anybody else. Like, if I can do it, I'm in control of it. Okay. I, I, can, I can tolerate it. I don't know. I bet there's some psychology behind that. Oh, I'm, I'm a control freak. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 100% a control freak. I'll tell you right now. So my mind's bigger than yours. <laughs> That's what she said. Oh, uh, we need to. Yeah, we, maybe we need to get that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. So if you don't get what we're talking about, we got, uh, like like Megan said, we got some new toys back here. And my, my buttons that I can press are, I have way more buttons than Megan can press. <laughs> so speaking of buttons, I oh no, I can't. There's something on the screen. Oh um, no. Sad day. But yeah, that, that's been my week in a nutshell. Um, I guess we'll go ahead and move on. Okay. And uh, let's see, we're out of order. So now, now, it's, now it's the wonder now segment. Now it's the wonder segment. All right, so I'm going to teach you all something today. It's time for the wonder segment. All right, Tyler, you are going to be teaching us something today. Yes, yes, I am. Uh oh. I'm gonna start this by saying, um, 
I could not pick a topic for the life of me. Okay. Um, I thought about it, and truthfully, if I'm honest, um, I typically pick the topic early in the week, um, but I never usually have the time to research until the weekends. Mm-hmm. So this week rolled around, and I did think of a topic early in the week, but I forgot it. Story <laughs> Gotta my, write that shit down. Story of my life. Anyway, uh, so I've been racking my brain for the last four days, like, what the fuck was it? What was it? What was it? And nothing. So I... Looked at my list of topics that I had, and I was like, ah, none of these feel right. And I'll be honest with you. I backed into a topic this week that it, it was the fallback. It was the one in case something didn't come up. So Okay. So. You've used your net. I have used my safety net. Oh, no. I am. You don't have one now. No, I don't. <laughs> so. Today... We're going to wrap up our series on the states that never were. Okay. This was the one I was keeping in my back pocket for when I couldn't think of something. This is not <laughs> what I thought really would be in your back pocket. What did you expect would be in my back? I I bet you'd say something baseball related. Yeah. 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 I thought about that actually too, but I couldn't think of a good topic. Yeah. Well. Um. All right. So today we're going to wrap up our series on states that never were, or at least that were only kind of were. Okay. If you haven't caught on the previous two, or if you haven't caught the previous two episodes in this series, I'd suggest go going back and checking them out, uh, especially if you enjoy this one. You can find them uh, in episodes sixty-one and sixty-three. Uh, just to run through a quick summary of what we've learned, uh, we learned about the failed revolutionary state of Franklin, the multiple attempts to create a state called Lincoln. Richard Henderson's attempt to create the Transylvania colony when he just up and left them shortly after getting him going and they all basically failed. <laughs> um, we learned about the rancher rebellions that resulted in the Absaroka and it's one single beauty pageant. The long complicated history of the Delmarva Peninsula, the quickly squashed idea that was West Sylvania and last but not least, we learned about the Upers, who tried to turn the UP of Michigan into its own state called Superior. This week, we've got five more to get through. Five. Five. I thought it was four, and then I realized I miscounted. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. You had to use all of your fingers. All of my fingers. Um, so we got five to get through. This week, we're going to look at Scott, Nicka Jack, Sequoia, Deseret, and Jefferson. And the way we're going to do this today is we're going to start over here in the east. And move out west. And we're going to work our way west. Just like the pilgrims did. Over there. Is and that yes, west? That is west. <laughs> <laughs> did you find that out just for this? No. Oh, well. No, I know which direction my house faces. Oh, well. It I'm, is your house. I'm the dork that pays attention. Like, I lay in bed before I fall asleep, and I'm like, I wonder if my bed now faces the same way that my bed faced when I was a kid. 
I wonder if my bed faces the same direction now that it did in my old apartment. Yeah, I'm that weirdo. <laughs> and interestingly enough, my bed is skewed. My bed faces almost due north now, but um, at my apartment, it was skewed to face north, northeast. So it was in front of me is north, and it was facing like towards Just this camera. Just a little bit to the camera. <laughs> it was facing directly towards the camera. So anyway, tangent. Um, Stuff I'm going to wonder now. Yeah, that's the way my mind works. I'm a, I'm a freaking weirdo, people. Um, <laughs> at least I know it, though. Truth. Most of the failed states we've covered uh, came to be decades, if not over a century or two ago. Um, but I bet you never expected that we'd have one here as recently as 1986. Oh, snap, no. Then, boy, do I have a surprise for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. There was a 51st state up until the year of 1986. Well, at least kind of. Want, wanted to be. A little misfit. Scott County, Tennessee is located in the northeastern portion of the state along the border of Kentucky, slightly west of where the, uh, the state of Franklin was attempted. It was originally settled in 1785 when settlers decided to tear farms out of the land around the New River. The settlers quickly realized that the climate was good for growing and the natural resources were plentiful, so naturally, community sprang up. By 1949, the area had grown to the point that the state decided that a new county should be uh, formed and granted land from the surrounding counties to create what is, you know, what became known as Scott County, named after General Winfield Scott. Huntsville, which was a town along the New River, was established as the county seat, and by the end of the 1800s, the largest it was the largest town in the county. Oh, I'm sorry. By the end of the 1800s, the largest town in the county, Oneida, no, not that Oneida, not the silverware makers and the sex cult. <laughs> um, Oneida had a bustling railroad terminal, which drove economic growth in the area. I wonder how many people don't realize that Oneida is a sex cult, started as a sex cult. Yeah, that might be. I mean, that's something really weird to just say. And if people yeah, don't the, know about... The people that make your silverware started as a sex cult. Go research it. The more you know. Yep. Maybe we'll do that topic on here one day. That actually would be a really good topic. Yeah. I'm going to hurry that down. I feel like i got to let it breathe, though, because I just truth. listened to another podcast, podcast that did about it. it. Yep. Mm -hmm. so, um, once the Civil War started and the southern states began seceding from the Union, Tennessee, which was the last state, finally followed... And soon the county of Scott found themselves as part of the Confederacy. Now, not all the residents of Tennessee supported the secession. In fact, most of the eastern portion of the state objected to seceding because there weren't many plantations or slaves in that half of the state. It's very mountainous, kind of rugged. Scott County was one of these areas. Once Tennessee voted to secede, the eastern portion of the state petitioned the governor to allow them to secede from Tennessee and to form their own state. The governor responded by sending troops in order to suppress any rebellion. The Scott County residents either didn't know or just didn't care. 
and still held a vote on secession. And this date, I I put June 8th because that was the source I got most, but I did see it as June 12th in a couple sources as well. Um, but on June 8th, 1861, Scott County voted to secede from Tennessee, establishing the free and independent state of Scott. <laughs> Scott. One Scott farmer is quoted in multiple sources, so I felt it was absolutely imperative I include this. He was stated as saying, quote, if the goddamn state of Tennessee can secede from the Union, then Scott County can secede from the state of Tennessee. <laughs> God, I love this man's rebellious spirit. Uh. Needless to say, the governor was pissed. So, he sent 1,700 troops to Scott to arrest and hang all the members of the county court. But, as you can imagine from that farmer's rebellious spirit, the citizens took up arms and defended the area uh, from the troops, ultimately forcing them to retreat with no county court members being captured. So, fuck yeah, bro. (laughs) Defend your shit. Despite having declared and in a way, kind of winning their freedom, Tennessee and both the Union and the Confederacy never officially recognized Scott as its own independent state. <laughs> in fact, Scott actually kind of paid a price for its disobedience. Despite not being formally recognized by any governments, or I'm sorry, because it was never formally recognized by any governments, the area became a no-man's land during the Civil War. The area was essentially lawless, and guerrilla warfare was common. Both the Union and Confederacy would raid Scott Farms. Uh, No major battles were fought there, but a few minor skirmishes did take place. The main skirmish, which took place on August 13, 1862, is known as the Battle of Huntsville, where Confederate soldiers defeated Union soldiers, seized and seized the county seat. The Confederates then proceeded to loot the town for two hours and searching uh, and searched for the members of the county court who had led the secession from Tennessee. Where were they? I guess they went into hiding. Um, uh, but eventually, after I guess after two hours, they moved on. Um, I thought that two-hour detail was kind of weird. Two hours. I'm just all right. It's five o'clock. Yeah, gotta we go. gotta. Yep. Um, I mean, I, and I, I, you know, the Confederates were mad because they, you know, they seceded from, they didn't want to support them, basically. So, um, as I said, nobody ever really formally recognized Scott, and frankly, throughout time, most people forgot that Scott had declared its independence <laughs> until the 125th anniversary in 1986. Someone was like, oh, wait. When Scott County Commission adopted a resolution that officially requested readmission to Tennessee. (laughs) And Tennessee was like, wait, what? Nope. This was all done, from what I gather, as a publicity stunt around Tennessee's homecoming celebration in 1986. So somebody, it was just, the way I interpreted it was a publicity stunt. All right. Now, I do have a quick side note here. If you're into nature and the outdoors, 
Scott County, Tennessee, which is located on the Cumberland Plateau, you know, Cumberland Gap and whatnot. Uh, it has some of the most beautiful looking scenery. I was looking at pictures. Um, and since this is actually a municipality, they have a very nice website with a lot of information. Mm. Um, there are three free-flowing rivers, which means they're not dammed at all, uh, that offer some great paddling and whitewater rafting along with the Sunquist and Royal Blue Wildlife Management areas. So it sounds like a nature's lover, nature lover's dream. So maybe one day I'll make my way up to Scott County, Tennessee. It's nice. not that far from here. Yeah, it wouldn't be that big of a drive. Yeah, it'd be, you know, five, six hours. That ain't yeah, too bad. That's not bad at all. <clears throat> I keep sniffing in the mic. I'm sorry. It's fine. I just took the smallest of sips and all I got was burn. Oof. That's not good. Uh, it's okay. I, it's just because I didn't let it cast. Uh-oh. Oh. Wake up my sneeze. Uh. <laughs> I'm fighting. I'm fighting. Um, you, you good? Yeah, I'm good. All right. It's going to hit you later. Man, it's going to knock you off your off your feet. All right. So we're going to move on to Nick a Jack, which... It might sound like I'm saying something else because my my southern accent, but it is spelled N-I-C-K-A-J-A-C-K. It's literally like the name Nick uh, Jack. But Nick I'm, uh, Jack. But I realize if I say it fast, it sounds it like sounds I'm saying real. Yeah. yeah. No, no, so no, 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 no. I'm no. not saying that. It's Nick uh, Jack. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. Nick uh, Jack is a similar story to Scott. Only not as much information and further south. This particular area was located in southern Tennessee and northern Alabama. I even saw a few maps that had it encompassing the entire northern half of Alabama and the entire eastern third of Tennessee, all the way up to the Kentucky border. They're greedy. Also like Scott, the area that made up Nickajack was not made up of plantations. Most people who lived in this area were too poor to afford plantations or slaves, and therefore they didn't have any desire to secede from the Union. Most viewed the Civil War as, quote, a, ri- a war for the rich fought by the poor. Lots changed. Facts. Most of the desire for secession, su- succession came... Most of the desire for secession... There we go came from the area known as the quote-unquote Black Belt. Now, I know some of you might be thinking, wow, that's a pretty racist name, and that's partially true. But the area known as the Black Belt was called that prior to African slaves being brought to America. It was originally called that because of the fertile black soil that was deposited there by a Cretaceous period coastline. It was only later in history that the name also gained the racist name. The Black Belt stretches from the banks of the Mississippi River through the middle of Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, North and South Carolina, and Virginia. I thought this was very fascinating. So I'm going to, and I think I've mentioned this on here once before. But it's fascinating how that particular Cretaceous coastline has affected so much recent history, relatively speaking. Um, as far as the formation of our country and it's even impacted presidential elections. I don't know if you remember when I talked about how the geology affected the most recent, or one of the most recent presidential elections. 
So if you take a map of that Cretaceous coastline and you overlay it with a map of soil fertility, you'll see that right along that coastline, there's a big band that runs right through the middle of all those states. And if you take a map of 1800s plantation locations, you'll see a band. Mm. If you take a map of the enslaved African populations, you'll see, you'll a, see band. a band. If you take a current African American population density map, you still can see the band. And if you take county by county voting results from the last couple elections in a sea of red, you can clearly see a blue band. It's really interesting to look at, you know, how geology has affected something. It's altered us as a society and it's resulted in, you know, that that's 200 years worth of history, almost 150 years worth of history. That's from something 150 million years ago. Everything's connected. Yep. Tell me now how geology is boring and it doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway, we'll get back to Nick and Jack. What about my magic crystals? Not real. It's just a rock. I'm going to go get some amethyst and like. I got some. You want it? It's just a rock. <laughs> Not going to do anything for you. I technically it's a mineral, but I digress. <laughs> Unlike Scott, the citizens of the area didn't just de- want to just declare themselves independent. They wanted to do it legally. But unfortunately, when Tennessee ultimately voted to join the Confederacy, the Nickajack idea became considered, quote unquote, too dangerous by most. And the idea was quickly abandoned. Well. So. Now we're going to get a little bit further out west and we're going to take a look at the state of Sequoia. Which most people might have thought was way out west, but it's not. Yeah, it's not where the sequoia trees are? Nope. Um, I actually wrote this out of order, so this first sentence is not going to make sense. So, forgive me. The state of Sequoia is somewhat similar to Deseret in that Native Americans attempted to create a state that the U.S. would recognize that would also have their best interest in mind. Spoiler alert for Deseret. By this point in U.S. history... What is now Oklahoma was made up of two territories, the Oklahoma Territory, or the western half of the state, and Indian Territory, the eastern half of the state. The Indian Territory is the result of the Trail of Tears. Native American? Well, at the time... Indigenous? Yes, well, at the time they called it the Indian Territory. Yes. So, um, on August 21st, 1905, the Sequoia Constitutional Convention met in Muskogee, where representatives from the five civilized tribes, quote-unquote, gathered and drew up plans for the organization of the government. A map show. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, the, they gathered and they drew up plans for the organization of the government. They drew up a map showing counties to be established, and they elected delegates to Congress so that uh, who would petition for statehood along with two Republicans and two Democrats who would serve as congressmen. In November 1905, the vast majority of the territory even voted to approve the Constitution and statehood petition. These folks were prepared. 
But despite their preparedness, they didn't get what they desired. Instead, President Theodore Roosevelt proposed a compromise where the Oklahoma Territory and the Indian Territory would be joined and form a single state. This resulted in Oklahoma becoming the 46th state in 1907. Despite never becoming its own state, Sequoia's constitution contributed greatly to the Oklahoma Constitution, and because they were involved in the Sequoia Constitutional Convention, the representatives from each of the five tribes were heavily included in the Oklahoma Constitutional Convention. So they did get input, and they did, you know, contribute to the Oklahoma Constitution. Wow. I'm curious to know how much, how, like, how, how much is a lot of input? You know what um, I'm saying? Yeah, I don't, I don't have the details on that. I didn't come across necessarily that deep of any, any sort of article or source, but the way several of the sources made it sound like these people kind of guided since they had, they had essentially been there, done that. Yeah, it, it sounds very much like the, the Native Americans went very. They were like, "Look, we've already got a strike against us. Let's over prepare for this," you know. Yeah. And so I think that really helped them. I would be interested to look at the Oklahoma Constitution and see. You know what exactly it says, but it's better than nothing for sure. Yeah, for sure. So, all right. Well, let's jump way out west for the last two, and we're going to start with the Mormon state of Deseret. Mormon, Mormon, Mormons. <laughs> you say that like you just, I don't know. I don't want to say you had a bad experience with Mormons. But, like, you're just like, those damn Mormons again. <laughs> Causing trouble. Uh, so most of us know <laughs> that in 1847, the Mormon people, led by Brigham Young, traveled west in search of their Zion. And they ultimately settled near the Great Salt Lake. I should probably interrupt and say why I said that. So sure. people don't think I hate Mormons. <laughs> um. I recently found out that after the movie Fight Club came out, uh, the students at Brigham Young University basically made a fight club. Um, I learned that from uh, watching uh, one of my favorite YouTubers called Cinema Therapy, so shout out to them. You should go check them out if you like movies and psychology. Um, They basically... He he was uh, in college and at Brigham Young, uh, Brigham Young University is a Mormon university, and him and about 300 students got together and ran a huge fight club, and they would all beat the shit out of each other on Saturday night, and they'll go to church on Sunday and they'd all be fucked up. So that's where my head was when I said uh, that. Sorry. All right. I know this is going to surprise you, but I've never seen Fight Club. So that's if we ever get my idea up and running, that's going to be one of them that we have to do. Okay. Like have to. Um, I 
interestingly, I we went to Salt Lake City back in August, and I thought it was absolutely gorgeous. Oh, Utah's gorgeous, yes. beautiful state. I I don't like the tight-handed religious grasp. Like I couldn't get alcohol on a Sunday and stuff like that. But I mean, I'm also in the Bible Belt where it's the same shit. So I mean, darn close. I moving here. Oh, excuse me. Moving here was weird because you can buy liquor at the grocery store. Yeah, I know. I'm in pissed Colorado. about that. And here, like, come on, North Carolina, give it the time. <laughs> We want to be drunk on Sunday by going to one store. Yes. Anyway. Huzzah. <laughs> um, so, like I said, we all know that the Mormons settled near the Great Salt Lake. Um, what I didn't know, and I imagine you probably, well, you might know since you're from out there, um, but most people probably don't know is that Brigham Young wanted his state to be two, if not three times as big. I have a feeling I did know that. I don't know why I knew that, but that that's pings in my memory. All right. So Brigham Young wanted to set up a government that would be recognized by the U.S. So he sent a representative to Washington, D.C. to petition for the creation of his new territory. The original petition included an area containing all of Utah, 95% of Nevada, all of Southern California, and the northern 75% of Arizona. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was dreaming big. Um, but he soon learned that California and New Mexico were also petitioning to become states and wanted much of the same land. Well, fuck. So he changed his mind and decided he wanted to petition for statehood instead of territoryhood. There's a difference, I guess? Yeah, of course. Okay. I mean, Puerto Rico is a territory. True. It's not a state. Big difference. Um, Young realized that he didn't have the time to follow the appropriate path to apply for statehood. And so, so he and a group of the church elders quickly drafted up a constitution, ratified it, and sent it to Iowa, where it could be printed since there were no printing presses <laughs> in the Salt Lake area. <laughs> this new constitution was also based heavily off of Iowa's constitution. Why so much Iowa? Because on the journey west, the Mormons had settled temporarily in Iowa. Makes sense. Probably wintered there. Makes sense. Sounds like a shit place to winter. Um, Young wanted the name of his state to be Deseret, meaning honeybee in the Book of Mormon. <laughs> but the U.S. didn't like the name and changed it to Utah. <laughs> Why? Uh, because you, uh, there were some references to uh, indigenous people that uh, were either called the, it was U-T-E or Y-U-T-T-E, um, but supposedly it was pronounced Utah. Okay. I don't know. Makes sense. I Is, don't remember if it, that's what the indigenous people were called or if that was their language or what exactly it was. Are you sure this state is supposed to be pronounced Deseret? Nope. Not Deseret? It's D-E-S-E-R-E-T. It might be French. It's, I just said it Deseret. the way it's. Deseret. Deseret. That's my redneck talking. It's from Deseret. I want to say it's Deseret. Maybe. I'll try to figure that out. Yeah. You, you continue on. I'm listening. Look up a, a Book of Mormon honeybee. I don't know. Anyway, um, 
On September 9th, 1850, California was admitted as a state, and both Utah and New Mexico were admitted as territories. Unfortunately for Brigham Young, this reduced the amount of land he received greatly by giving him all of Utah, 80% of Nevada, and small parts in northern Arizona, southwestern Wyoming, and western Colorado. You find anything over there? Deseret. You're right. It's Deseret. Yeah. Look at me. I don't have a woo sound effect. We have a clap. Yeah, it's a clap, but I wanted a woo. <laughs> woo. Yay. Go. I'll get like that. That's Megan trying to fill dead air, guys. <laughs> <laughs> As I write something down. Um, yeah, I'm I'm thinking that good like Homer Simpson. Woohoo! <laughs> nice. That'd be a that'd be a good sound effect to have. Nice. Um all right, so we're gonna move on to our last but certainly not least one. Our final proposed state is the only one that we've covered that I've ever actually heard of before. But let's start with the history. I'll also say this is this entire idea spawned from friend John and Brandy when they were in town around the holidays, and they suggested I do this particular one. Okay. So it spawned this entire thing. In October 1941, we're going to, oh, I didn't say what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the state of Jefferson. In October of 1941, Gilbert Gable the mayor of Port Orford, Oregon, said that four Oregon counties, oh God, Klamath, Josephine, Jackson, and Curry, should all join with three California counties, Siskiyou, Modoc, and Del Norte, and form their own state. He believed that these heavily rural areas were underrepresented in the state governments, and were being ignored for more populated areas like San Francisco, Los Angeles, and Portland. A California senator, Randolph Collier, I'm assuming it's French, uh, agreed with him, basically, and joined in the effort. Uh, uh, Collier's support resulted in, and now I, I'm pretty sure there's a Eureka, California, which is spelled like the word, and then there's... Yurka? Y-R-E-K-A? I don't know. Yurka? Yurka, yeah. I don't, obviously, I would say Eureka, but there's already a Eureka, California, so. Can there be more than one? They're just spelled differently? I don't know. It's a big state, I mean. Yeah, I guess, anyway. I don't know. Um, Collier's support resulted in Eureka being chosen as the capital. Um, While the idea has not been forgotten, this particular movement ended quickly in 1941 due mainly to the death of Gilbert Gable. Prior to Gable's death, however, John Leon Childs, who was the district attorney in Del Norte County, was inaugurated as the governor of Jefferson. In the late 1980s, a local radio station rebranded itself as Jefferson Public Radio. Uh, Station management realized that their network of infrastructure aligned very closely with the original uh, movement's boundaries, 
so they felt the name was appropriate. In 1992, an advisory vote was taken in 31 California counties on whether or not the state should split, and all of the counties that would have made up the new state of Jefferson voted yes, with the exception of one that didn't have it on the ballot. Oh. Every other one. It wasn't on the ballot there, and every other state voted yes. They want to separate. This resulted in legislation being introduced, but it got bogged down in the system and never made it past the committee stage. Between uh, 2013 and 2015, several counties in California adopted resolutions for withdrawing from California and delivered their declarations for independence to the state. No Oregon counties followed suit, and in fact, it appears that the movement has all but lost all of its support in Oregon. I never could find a response from California. Uh, so I think the state's pretty much just ignoring these declarations. <laughs> so, so the idea still stands in Northern California. They have a website and everything. Uh, they have a flag. Yeah, it, it's a, I'll be honest with you, the, the website looks. Um, Modern? No, it looks. Amateur, amateurish. Amateur, okay. Yes, I, I will admit their website looks pretty amateurish. Um, as recently as 2017, lawsuits over underrepresentation have been filed against the state of California. However, they have been dismissed in lower courts and are in the midst of appeals. So I didn't put this in my notes because I didn't know if I was going to want to talk about it, but just because of how things are in our society, but I am going to talk about it. They showed, uh, I found several sources that talked about the polarity between California and the area that wants to be known as Jefferson. Um, and it's like polar opposite. Is it a very red culturally, politically, like it was that it, the one, the one source was like, Hillary Clinton, and it was the Clinton-Trump election. Clinton won the popular vote in California, um, but every single county that was Jefferson, like, overwhelmingly voted Trump. And so it's just, like, completely stark mindset and differences. And so that got me kind of wondering and thinking, like, if people are that different and that they want to be apart is that good or is that bad you know it is i get the underrepresentation thing because several sources said uh in the uh i forget when it was i think it was in the 60s maybe 70s that no i'm sorry it was it was uh when they were talking about the radio station um it was in that same source that roads were like really bad that mm-hmm. half of the roads up there weren't paved. They weren't. They were impassable in the snow in the wintertime. It was like they just weren't getting the support they needed. Um, so I get that. You know, I get being underrepresented and not getting what you needed, especially when, you know, I don't know where the capital of Sacramento is the capital of California, I think. Shelby. Shelby will let me know if I'm wrong. Um, 
Yeah, uh, so I get that, but you know, I don't think it's necessarily good to want to be somewhere just because you're different, just because you don't see things eye to eye. But I, uh, you know, I've never, I've not necessarily been in that situation myself. So, yeah, I, I, mm, I don't know. That's a, that's a very loaded, heavy question. I think. Yeah, uh, I'm um, not, and and that's why I, I hesitated to even bring it up. But I I will say, um, hot take: the electoral college is super outdated and needs to go away. There's no reason for us in this modern day to have electoral college. I disagree of with that. Of course you do. I do because I mean seriously, you would never have any campaigns in anywhere but California, New York. That. I don't agree with that. I don't think so. I think it should be popular. Pop- popular should be popular vote. Mm, I just, uh, I don't think. I seriously think, I, I think it would get back to the underrepresentation. Though, I think you would the popular vote would win because North, uh, North Carolina, California, Texas, and New York easily have the most population. So you would have campaigning there and their issues would be addressed and Nebraska or Utah, Wyoming, where nobody lives, would be ignored. Nobody would ever go there. Nobody would ever see what's wrong. And then we'd have to redo our entire system because states would have to. Well, let's be real. Our system needs to be completely redone. I'm not disagreeing with that. (laughs) But I do think there is some benefit to having the electoral college. I don't know if the benefits outweigh the cons in an electoral college in this day and age. All right. So let me ask this question then just not to, not to get too crazily debating on here, but what do you feel about the way, what is your opinion on how we assign congressmen to, or Congress people, I shouldn't say congressmen, Congress people to the house of representatives. What's your question? Yeah, like it's based off population. Do you feel that that needs to be changed or is that acceptable? Uh, like do you think it's acceptable for California to have 25 representatives in the House of Representatives and Rhode Island to have one? No, I don't think that's fair. I I um I don't know. I haven't done enough research. I don't know enough about it. Um I feel like so. it's essentially I feel like it's very similar you know, again, the the population, the areas that are overpopulated are going to get the most. They're the squeaky wheel. They're the ones that's going to get the grease. And so I, I think that's why we, sh- we need to have things like the Senate. Everybody gets two, you know, and we also need to have everybody gets a voice. Instead of, you know, you've got this majority that rules. Okay. I'd, you don't feel like everybody gets a voice would make more sense with a popular vote over an electoral college? I think that would turn a lot of people off from voting. Okay. If nobody's going to come. If, like I said, if you're going to campaign in three states because they're the states that matter. What if, now we're getting into some more in-depth, what if you legally had to campaign in every state, hypothetically? 
Uh, I mean, I'd be more on board with that, but how would you ever, you know? Yeah. That, that yes, in your hypothetical situation, yeah, sure. But how are you ever going to make that reality? I don't know. I live in dream world. Yeah. So everything. I don't know. It's be. just something to think about, uh, you know. And I don't mean this to turn into a debate on our system. I agree. It's flawed. I think the flaw stems more from corruption mm. in in flaw in our system is lobbying and not having term limits on yeah. there should be no such thing as a lifelong politician uh, and and I'm I'm going to pick on him cuz he's the first name that came to mind I'm not whether I support him or not but Joe Biden's been a career politician like Mitt Romney career politician we don't need that. We don't need people there, you know, doing doing various jobs in politics for 30 plus years. Yeah. So anyway, I'm off my high horse. We'll go ahead and move on. You guys have sat through our political debate. We try not to get political. <laughs> we on try the show. not to. This is the first time we've ever really gotten political. So. All right. And we made it 70 episodes. So hey, yeah. Hey. Not bad. Yeah. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll have another debate in 70 more. Yeah. Trivia with Tyler. So, <clears throat> all right. We got a trivia? Yes, we do. I I'm I want to monitor something else that's happening too. So, uh, anyway, what? the trivia is something going on with the program. Oh, okay. Um, green is the rarest eye color in the world with only 2% of the world having it. And do you want to take a guess at what the most common is? Brown. Do you know what percentage of the population ooh, ooh, have? Ooh. Um, I am going to say 78. God damn. I wish I had the ding. Uh, we just talked about right before we went on air, getting like a ding yeah. when you're right. It's, uh, it says 70 to 79% of the world. Oh. <laughs> so you were, you were well within the range. Hell yeah. So good job. Um, all right, so let's go ahead. Let's let's do this out of order. How can we do this out of order? What are uh, we doing out of order now? Let's do cheers, and then we'll do final thoughts. I, I don't think that's a good <laughs> no. idea. Final thoughts. So I added some water into my whiskey uh, there a little bit before the political debate. Um... And it took away the roller coaster ride. So I'm kind of sad. It did. It slammed it. Yeah. Slammed it right in my face and yeah. just kept it there. Like, you know, you know what a good metaphor is? It's like my face was just like, you know, when you take a dog and you rub their nose and poop. You're not supposed to do that. But oh, well, <laughs> that's the way I was taught to do it. Not by you, but yeah, th- before thank I you. Knew you before I knew you. <laughs> anyway, um, that's what I feel like. Just happened, except maybe not with poop, but like it just like it smacked me in the face and then just rubbed my nose in it, you know, just <laughs> <laughs> what a metaphor. <laughs> um, you're not, I'm not wrong. You're not wrong. Other than the fact that never 
smack your dog in the face and rub their nose and poop. That doesn't teach them anything. Um, poop snakes. That's what they learn. <laughs> um, so, b- the flavor is not bad. It. I just miss my ride. I miss my roller coaster ride. I liked the bite coming and going and like the subtlety, going. the nuance of. Of like, oh, there's some flavor. Oh, there's some burn. Oh, there's some flavor. Yeah, it was fun. It was like, wee. And now it's just kind of like, it's a whiskey. So um, I do recommend if you find this bottle and you decide to keep it, not resell it for a profit. Don't do that. (laughs) Don't sell it for a profit or don't, don't, don't keep it. Wait. If you buy, if you buy, like... Let's not fuel this this secondhand market. Okay, so like, don't resell it. Yeah, don't don't pay outrageous prices for shit and don't resell it. Like enjoy this. This stuff's meant to be enjoyed. Okay. Okay. I didn't know what you were talking about. So yeah, good. Agreed. Um, but if you find this and you decide to not sell it like you should do, um, I would not do this probably with an ice ball or with any water added. Um Enjoy the experience of that, like, back and forth and dip, dodge, duck, dive, and dodge. Um, A plus to anyone who gets that. Tyler doesn't. Nope. Nope. Over my head. Mm. I don't have that sound effect on here. No, you don't. So it is very, very bitter and dry with the water added. Um. I'm definitely getting the dark chocolate that Tyler was talking about at the beginning now with water in it. And I'm eating the, the dark fruit, the cherry, um, some sort of like plum, probably, I would say. Um, and a tiny bit of floral notes. Um, but overwhelmingly, this turned it very stagnant. Is that the word I'm looking for? Just very like... um Consistent. Yeah, I think consistent's a better word. It 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 the flavor, like I said, it kind of hits you right from the right from the get go, and it it's just there. It just it's there. Yeah, yeah. It 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 rides, and then it falls off. Whereas it it doesn't come There's in. No, and out. Yeah. yeah, no roller coaster. Which I really liked the roller coaster. Regret regret that water. Wish I could have like sucked the water out and put it back. Um, I've I've. I'll be honest, I didn't get to enjoy this as much as I would like to have, uh, just because of presenting and whatnot. Um, but with that being said, I have enjoyed it. Um, even with the water in, it's... it's. I mean, it's a good flavor. Like, I don't I don't mean to trash on it with the water in. Um, because it's You still, just enjoyed it more without the water. Yes. It's, I still enjoy it with the water. Like, I'm not going to, like... I wouldn't dump it out or like be yeah. upset. Um, so I still. But if you like went to a bar and you saw this and you wanted to order it, you would order it neat. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Of course. Um. Uh, yeah, I. I mean, I agree with everything you said. It's it's, it's good with the water. It's better neat. I. Uh, there's nothing else I can say. Uh, it's it's good it's really good i'm not my socks are not blown off but they're they're definitely halfway down my feet yeah they're wiggling off they're like you know when you're like wearing shoes don't quite fit right and your sock rolls down 
Um, no, I wear tight socks because I hate that. <laughs> but yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's about where my socks are. They're okay. like they're coming off, but they're not across the room. Okay. But they're they're pretty pretty good. Um I am gonna give this a point just for the roller coaster ride, just for the experience. That in itself deserves a point just because that's really fun and unique and something that I don't um I don't think we see a whole lot. It's rare to get a really fun whiskey like this. Um, you know, I'm sure we can go through all the whiskeys we've done and we've gotten a couple like fun experience whiskeys, but uh, they're few and far between. So that's going to give it a point. So now I have to decide if flavor wise, if flavor wise, it is either a six or a seven. Did it take you to Flavortown? <sighs> I think. Where Guy Fieri is the mayor? I think we drove by Flavortown. Like I, I saw, I saw Guy Fieri's hair. <laughs> let me t- let me tell you what I envision like this like shittily drawn cartoon in my head of like the sun poking up and like hills and whatnot and like Megan's in this like car driving by and all of a sudden like over the horizon you just see Guy Fieri's like hair as the buildings of the town <laughs> and then you just drive right on by yeah that's exactly what happened okay so um I'm going to put this whiskey. I'm going to say flavor profile. It's above average. It's a six. That roller coaster gives it another point. So this is a seven. This is a seven whiskey. It's high. It's good. I would buy it again. Um, Don't know if it is like the whiskey that'll change the world. Okay. Um, I got nothing more really to say, honestly. Um, I think Megan summed it up quite well. I might, I might have made a pit stop in Flavortown um, <laughs> instead of just driving by. So I'm, I'm gonna go a little bit higher than that. Okay. Uh, I'm going seven and a half. All right, all right. You had to get some gas in Flavortown. Uh, yeah, maybe a maybe know, a burger. You know me, I like I like gas station food. So <laughs> get some uh, of that QT mac and yep, cheese. Yeah. Mm. Um, and the pizza's good, too. Uh, yeah. They got a lot of good stuff. QT is good, period. Have you had their new barbecue sandwiches? Yes, I have. They're good. Oh, I knew that was coming a year before they got here. How'd you know? I was talking to one of the security guards, and he was telling me they have it in Texas and Oklahoma, where they're based out of. Mm. Well, they're fucking good. Yeah, they were supposed to be here in 2020, but COVID. And oh. so it didn't get here until towards the end of 2021. But Get you a QT BBQ burger. Mm. Yeah, mm. the brisket, all that. It's good, too. It's but, real good. Anyway. Um... Yeah, we've been in lockstep for the last like a few episodes. Several. Uh-huh. Like six a little bit of now, a political so. debate, but we're still Yeah. still on the same mindset whiskey wise. Yep. So that'll be uh uh again, I can't say thank you enough to John for getting this for us. Thank you, Johnny uh, T. Yes, Johnny T. Um Chow, as he as he likes to be called by his friends. Thank you, friend Chow. Yes. So like the guy from the hangover. <laughs> and yes, he's Asian. So okay, I was... he he told me that, so it's not me being fucked up. Okay, well thank you, friend Chow. <laughs> so um I guess on that note, guys, we're we're rolling out. Um <laughs> Yeah, 
Uh, that, that's it. Thanks. <laughs> All uh, right. Thanks for the whiskey. Thank John. you guys. Uh, thank you, friend Chow, for the whiskey. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Tuning in, rating, subscribing, hitting the like button, the bell, all the other fun stuff. Uh, thank you guys so much for all of your support, everything you do, listening to us every week. Um, you all are amazing, and we do this because you enable us to do it. So thank you so much. We will see you next week, and we ask that you don't drink and drive. Keep on fighting, Ukraine. Yes. Cheers. I'm fighting.